Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, hey, hey. It is Funny Like a Clown podcast. I am your host, Dennis Worth, out of Gardner, a little town out of Beantown. That's Boston East Coast. Episode 45, December 29th, 2019. We are here to discuss controversial comic Louis C.K. Uh, as always, Final Clown Podcast is brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce for the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time. There is only one G Vegas available at www.gvegas.webs.com. Check it out. You want homemade? You want go green? No chemicals? You want fresh? You want homemade? You check out G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. All right, to discuss uh, Louis C.K., I have on the phone Boston comedian Tommy O'Deed. Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the spot. All right, well, thank you for being on, and I guess we'll get right to it. He's a very controversial comedian. What made you choose Louis C.K. to discuss? Um, I, I feel for the guy, you know? Yeah, Without right. jumping into, like, what happened to the guy, but, uh, uh, you know, when you get right down to it, you know, there's guys who's, who are joke writers, you know, set up punch, set up punch. That does the heavy lifting. But then there's guys that just have the ability to talk in long form and pepper that with laughs. Uh, you know, I come from, like, a tradition of, you know, like, Irish storytellers. Storytellers, right, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm long form. I'm not a, I think I've written three actual jokes, and I'm in my fifth year, you know what I mean? Well, they say the uh, real-life stuff's funnier than anything you can make up by a long shot, you know? So stories are real-life stuff. Absolutely, and Louis... And he's such a craftsman, you know, it, it, it's, uh, he's been at it for so long. It, sometimes a guy like that, I look at him, it, it, it discourages me a little bit, like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be 40. you got a ways to go when and, you see talent like that, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you can relate. I mean, I'm sure you've been at it a little longer than me. You know, oh, sure, yeah, geez. I worked with Lenny Clark, and I was just like, wow, I got a ways to go. You think you're getting there, then you you work with a big name like that, and they make it look so effortless, you know, and you're up there trying so hard, and to them it's just effortless. Right, right. Or you'll go on, and you'll be like, whoa, I had a great set, and someone like that, a destroyer, yeah, will follow yeah. you, and it humbles you, you know? All right, so let's see. Uh, he won, uh, won six-time Primetime Emmy Awards for uh, his show, Louie, uh, the Chris Rock Show, and uh, his comedy specials, uh, Live at the Beacon Theater and Oh My God. And he won two Grammy Awards. That's top of the top for Best Comedy Album. I mean, do you have a favorite uh, show of his or special or anything? Um, I love all of his specials, but what's really influenced me is his filmmaking ability as far as, like, you know, his cinematography. That seemed to be his true love in life, yeah. If you really read up about the guy, his true love yeah, was yeah, I mean, television. I recently finally got into my bucket list, and I'm producing my own sketch comedy stuff now. There you uh, go. And I'm having a blast at it, and I look at a guy like him, and I think, okay, i got to learn about all these different lenses. i got to learn about lighting. Oh. You know, and it breaks my heart, because I went to go look at his show, because it's so beautifully shot, and he edits himself on his MacBook, you know? Yeah. And that really inspires me, like, 
He directs it, writes it, it, edits it. He does the Purdue. He does the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Uh, I've reached a point in my stand-up journey where I'm all done looking at the kids across the room, like, oh, they got that room and they won't book me. Blah blah blah. I'm like, fuck you. I'm gonna get my own room. Yeah, you know? it's a crazy scene. That's how you gotta be. You can't, you know. It's it's. I was like yeah. that too. You won't book me in your room. Fuck you. I'll open my own room. You won't put me on your TV show. Fuck you. I'll start my own TV show. You know, you you can't wait around for someone else to make you a star, right? Absolutely not. And I'm just striking out and having fun. And uh, you know, I mean, the bread and butter in the whole thing, the craft is the stand-up. You know, that's where I get my rocks off the most, but in video production, I love writing and directing and editing it because there's a sense of control, right. guaranteed control that you don't have on stage. There's nothing like a live crowd that really pumps you oh, up and gets you going, not. but I mean, absolutely not. If, if you do uh, video, you can always go back to it. Years from now, you can go back and watch it and still get that thrill where, you know, every night's yeah, different in stand-up. Yeah. What I'm hoping to do with, because uh, I have, a, I just watched a new uh, YouTube channel, it's called DNN, Dirtneck News, so it's kind of like a mock news network, with all sorts of silliness, and I want to incorporate all my comic friends into it, moving into 2020, and my hope is, because you know how it is, you can post all the goddamn flyers of yourself you want on social media, chances are you're not going to get people to come out and see you. It's hit you or miss I mean? for sure, yeah. But... My thought is, if you get them hip to the, oh wow, these videos are funny. Oh shit, he's gonna be down the street doing a barroom show. Let's go, fuck it. You know, it's. Uh, I look at it and hope it's a way to. That's a good point. You know, I did what move up the food chain. You know. You know, Ralphie Joyal told me at our age, you know, you know, uh, the Tonight Show. They're looking for the next young twenty-year-old up and comic. They're not looking for old guys like us. So if you're gonna make a name for yourself, the internet's the way to go. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking all self-produced. Like, I know a guy who made a horrible, I'm not going to name names, but he did a fucking horrific job, so sloppy, poorly acted, edited like dog shit, uh, and he invested three grand, and he got it on Amazon Prime. Now, they don't push it, but to the average people at home, they don't realize Amazon Prime is no different than posting on YouTube. It just pops up on the same flat screen you watch hockey on. Right, you know right. what I mean? So now you have, in quotes, a TV show. You yeah, know? I mean, so if, if you've got a video that goes viral, I mean, that's average. I mean, I went out to Vegas and all the billboards said, you know, they're advertising, oh, this many YouTube hits. Everybody's going, you know, how many YouTube hits they got. That's a big thing. Absolutely. And it's, building it is hard and slow and I don't, I don't know the shortcuts. And what I'm actually doing is uh, I'm incorporating some younger people uh, that have a better handle on it, you know, that can take the content and know how to push it better than, better than Uncle Old School, <laughs> you know? All right, so let's get back to Louie here. He, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Rolling Stone ranked his special Shameless as the number three best special stand-up of all time. Now, would you of all time, would you agree with that? Yeah, man, it's up there. I mean, and that's putting in with the Carlins and the Priors. I mean, you'd put him in that category? I I would put him with Chappelle and Pryor. You know, like... Uh, I, I think of this yeah. generation's comics, you know, I mean, our generation was more, you know, Carlin, Pryor, Steve Martin, Rodney Dangerfield. But, I mean, 
I think of this generation, I think he's at the top of that list with the Dave Chappelle's, the Chris Rocks, the, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's, all those big names. Oh, 100%. Like, look who he was acquainted with. You know, he hung out with Jerry Seinfeld. You're going to be really good. I he opened Jerry for Jerry. Yeah, he did. He opened for I Jerry for a while. I heard Seinfeld say, someone asked him, if you don't like someone's act, can you be friends with them? And he paused for a long time, and then he went, no. All right, there <laughs> so, it is. Let's see, Rolling you know, Stone always had him the number four best comic of all time. Now, would you put that in? See, I could go of this generation. I could definitely put him in the number four best comic of this generation. But of all time, I mean, that's saying a lot. I think. Uh, well, I think of it as, you know, the craft progresses. You know, like, when we were young, Eddie Murphy Delirious had me on the floor. Right. And, and now it's kind of over time. It's a, Faded it, off it, a little bit, right? same impact. I guess you got to go oh, by generation with that, but uh, let's see. I mean, he's one of he's one of the great white hopes, you know. For sure, yeah. He began his you career know, as a writer for Letterman, Conan, and Dana Carvey and Chris Rock. What do you what do you think about being a writer in comedy? Um, it's not for me. I'm not interested in it. Personally. Yeah, I, I would think but if I'm you had a really good joke, you wouldn't want to give it to someone else. You'd want to keep it for yourself, but. As you know, we're not making a lot of money in comedy. If somebody's offering you a paycheck to write for them, I guess you got to do do what you got to do, right? Yeah, but the concept, the idea of locking myself into a windowless room and having to crank out 44 jokes by sounds pretty daunting. It's a stepping stone, too. You know, you use that as a window to do something <laughs> yourself, I guess. But I just couldn't yeah, see but... having a killer routine and wanting to give it to somebody else. I'd be like, I'll give them all my B material, but I'm keeping the A material for myself, you know? Absolutely, and you know, chances are what I write uh, might not translate to somebody else. That's a good point. Yeah, nobody can be your style. You get your own style and stuff for someone else to be. Like, uh, I'm a firm believer in uh, it's not only what you say; it's how you say it. Oh, the delivery. You know? Yeah, sure. Stage presence, delivery. That's a big part of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and I tell any brand new comic, the open mic is. I'm like, what you're doing, this is acting, and you have to. Put an act together that you can turn on up there. Right. You can't just tell a story, you got to sell a story. Don't tell it, sell it. <laughs> exactly. And own it, you know. Right. Uh, deflection is something I've gotten better at in the last couple of years. A joke doesn't land, you know. Just address it. Look right at him and go, wow, you fucking hated that one. It's Bring an art. Attention. It's an art form for sure. Um, all right, this, this is where... Rewarding. This is where he really became a genius here, and I think this is the genius of Louis C.K. He was one of the first comics to release his specials and his ticket sales directly through his own website. So now he got rid of Ticketmaster, and he cut the cost there where Ticketmaster takes a portion of his tickets. He got rid of, you know, printing up DVDs and making art for, you know, and he's releasing this through his website where you just download it, don't cost him nothing. And, you know, he's removing Ticketmaster. You know, he was one of the first kind. Now everybody's doing it because it's so cost-effective. But, I mean, what, what do you think of him being the pioneer well, of that? He, you know, he seems like he's a pioneer in anything, you know. He's a guy who probably, you know, uh, why do I, just like I was saying, why do I want to get in your video production? Fuck it, I'll just do my own. I'll learn it. Right, you know, right, right. You see, every, anything I've ever done and, and got a handle on started out as pure fantasy in my head. You know, oh, the dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dream at I first. Have no idea how to start. Make it a reality. Uh, but he, he's such a smart guy, and uh, I think, like, 
another part of like me really enjoying him and, and appreciating him is he came up through Boston in the same like you know place that I'm coming up. Hey, you know, like, yeah. He came up in the comedy studio back in the day when he had hair. <laughs> yeah, I make that point. We're playing a lot of the same stages. Dane Cook and Louis C.K. A lot of Boston legends used to play. It's kind of cool. Just thinking, you know, back before they were somebody, they played the same stages as us. Absolutely. And I'll see somebody move up the ladder and book something, and someone on the side will go, oh, man, what the fuck? How come he or she got that? And I'm like, don't be jealous. Just now you know it can be done. You right, know? Right, right. If, if you really think, hey, that group all could do it, I can do it. Don't wait you know? for someone else to make you a star. Make yourself a star, right? Absolutely. I mean, right. ultimately, I want to produce, you know, my own shoot a special in a club. You know, a few different angles, mic the crowd. Sure. And just have at it. Give that's, it away. You that's know? what gets you ahead. All right, let's get into his directing here. He, uh, he directed Tomorrow Night in Pootie Tang. Did you happen to see any of those? Yeah, yeah. Um, What's your opinion Pootie on that? Pootie Tang was cool, but he was really upset with the final product. Because really? they went in afterwards and cut it all to hell. Oh, they did that to George Lucas, too. Then when he made Star Wars, oh, he made yeah. him go back and fix it. <laughs> well, that's the thing when you rely on that studio money, you know? Yeah, yeah, they get the final say in everything. He had support. A guy like him, he's achieved such success that he can invest his own money. You well, know, now he has, uh, right. I mean, he's reached that level, you know, like George Lucas did at Star Wars. You know, once that went big, he could pretty much dictate his own terms. Absolutely. I mean, that looks, that sounds easy on paper. That's a tall order. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. When you're first starting out, you know, you, hey, you, you got to play by the rules. It's somebody else's game. It ain't yours yet, you know? Right, right, right. right. I mean... This is a rude, like every new micer is like, oh no, I got a podcast. It's like, all right, but that's not what you're here to do. Right, you're right, here to right. learn the craft. You know, I podcast. I just start. I left the In the Gutter podcast with uh, Kenny, Sean, and Big D. Right. Uh, started a new podcast called The Bostonian and the Beast with me and uh, an older uh, transgender Italian lady. Where, where can people tune that in at? What's that? Where, where can people tune that in at if they want to catch it? Uh, you could go to, if you go on YouTube, my YouTube channel is DNN, Dirtneck News. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's episodes up on there. We just put up the third episode. It's brand new, but uh, we've, like, worked the bugs out where uh, it's really starting to flow now. Yeah, it takes a while to get going. Your first, it took me a little bit to get my first 10. It took me to figure out till I got rolling here. Yeah, but, I'm, like, I'm trying to do things... Uh, a little differently, like I have an intro with graphics and footage of us and music that leads into it. Right. You know, when when we go to a break, so I can go take a leak or smoke a cigarette. I just have the engineer play one of my two-minute sketches. Well, you, you know, there you go, sure. And we're not we're not rocking live either. We're just going. Um, we're just recording it, and then uh, I can whittle. That's what I do too. I pre-record it, right? Let's see, Louie had uh, supporting roles in American Hustle, Blue Jasmine, and uh, Trumbo. Did you see any of those? Um, you know, I spotted him here and there in movies. You know, uh, I forget what movie it was. He was just like a cop standing next to a cement truck. Uh, right, right, right. I forget what the fuck it was. But little bitties, bits like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. But that's I how mean, they all started. I mean, yeah, Chris Rock had a small what? He was parking cars in one of the Billy Little Cop movies. I mean, you got to start wet your feet. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, I was in a movie that came out. My team just got cut, but whatever. It was a fun experience. 
Sure. And uh, being around the filmmaker for a couple of years, two, three years, I learned a lot, you know. Uh, I learned, you know, hey, if he can make a movie with 30 grand and get it on Netflix, I can do the same thing. You can do you know? the same, why not? I just did a short Absolutely. film about Sam Kinison for Preacher to Prophet, a Sam Kinison story, and it's, yeah, I've gotten way more hits than I thought when I made it, and I mean, I had a blast making it, I made it for me, it was, I mean... That's awesome. It's, a, it's a stepping stone to my next project, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, um, you did the Louis TV series, well, what do you remember about Louis TV, it was on FX, what do you remember about his TV series? Um... That, that was Louie, right? Just that, that that was the most artistic thing I think he ever did. Right. Uh, it was just shot so well. The music, the way it was scored. He had so many, like, you know, Robin Williams popped up. Joan Rivers, you know, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dan Cook, and they had it out. I think it's brilliant. And it breaks my heart that, like, I can't go watch that anymore. Can't go back and watch it. Well, you know, you mentioned about out. people editing stuff out, and he didn't make much money doing that, he freely admitted. But the reason he took not much money to do it, because FX never questioned anything. He handed them right. the DVD, and they played it. They didn't cut anything, they didn't watch, they just played whatever he handed them. And that was why he took less money, and he said he'd make it up for on his live gigs, you know? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, when he's dead and gone, it's all about the work and what he left behind. I remember you know, George Lucas he, saying he made a 15-minute movie, and they cut out two minutes. He's like, well, if I made a 15-minute and you cut out two minutes, what's the point, you know? I mean, just because just they can, they said, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, I think he was best remembered for Louis. That TV series was really groundbreaking for him, yeah. It really was. It was shot so well, like, and uh, it's something that I wish I could go watch right now, because... Since I started doing production, you know, like video production, right. uh, I watch everything, all movies and shows, and it with a different eye now. I'm watching everything shot for shot for shot. It did. I did you the TV I mean? show, The Comedy Kitchen, and that kind of ruined TV for me because before I just watched it, and now when I, I'm looking for camera angles, I'm looking for light angles, it's like well, you start looking for different stuff when you watch TV now after you get into it, you know, producing your own stuff. Right. I mean, I remember when I was a teenager and I started smoking weed, I couldn't watch Three's Company anymore because I knew it was a room with three walls and a right, laugh track. Right. Right. You know? for you, right? Um, um, but here's the thing. It's the same thing with stand-up. The first time I went to a stand-up show was at Next Comedy Stop. The magic worked on me, right? Yeah. Going into my fifth year now, I put it like this. Once you know how a sausage is really made, you still like sausage, but you'll never enjoy it. Yeah, the way, that's pretty the, gross. The magic will never be there again. <laughs> you know it's bad, but you still eat it anyway. Absolutely. Um, he went Absolutely. on to do a web series, Horace and Pete. Do you, do you remember watching that or? Any, I don't remember hearing about it, but do you remember anything no, about his I web don't. series? No. All right. After FX, he did uh, Horace and Pete was a web series. Uh, he created other shows for FX, uh, Baskets and Better Things. He voiced animated film uh, The Secret Life of Pets. Did you happen to see any of those or? No, no, I didn't, I didn't. My main things with him were, uh, uh, you know, his specials, and uh, like I said, I was always enamored with him because he came up through the same circuit that I'm trying to, right. you know, learn in, you know what I mean? All right, well, but, I guess yeah. here's the thing everybody wants us to talk about, and I guess we'll get into it now. In 2017, he admitted to uh, several... In indecent uh, sexual misconducts with uh, with women, and 
And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about whether it was right or wrong, but uh, they pulled his movie that was coming out, I Love You, Daddy, and they stopped all of his concerts because of the sexual misconduct charges. I mean, what, what are your opinion on those charges of him? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. There's something going on in the background, but I still got you. Oh, shit, you're kidding. It was cutting out. Okay, you hear me um, now? Yeah, I'm good now. Um, so in 2017, he admitted to sexual indecent uh, sexual misconduct. Well, what do you remember hearing about that or your opinion on it? Uh, well, I had heard the rumors about it prior to that. Okay. You know, uh, for a year or so leading into it. And yeah. then when the story broke uh, and he came out and admitted it, I felt bad for the guy, you know. I heard him say he lost $72 million in three days. Yeah, you know? yeah, you don't know the figures these guys are making. I mean, it's just, that's, I mean, he's got a lot of money. I'm sure he's not hurting, but I mean, 72 million, 72 million, right? Absolutely. But I, I mean, mean from, I think... from his point of view, he said that he, he never exposed himself to anyone without asking permission first. He didn't, he didn't. Right, but know? I mean, at the same time, you know, they're saying you shouldn't put a woman in that position where she has to choose. So what's your opinion on either one of those? It's a tough call because you don't know what the relationship was of friendship-wise between them. Like, what what went on between them, you know, that uh, led him to believe he could possibly do that, you know. Or he's just that much of, you know, a secret monster. You know, it is kind of... Well, I uh, mean, here's the thing. If, if, uh, if a girl comes in and she wants to get a role in a movie, and the director says, I'll give you the role, but you have to sleep with me, and she chooses to sleep with him, now, is that absolutely. her choice? Or is it he shouldn't have put that in her in the position to choose? I mean, she could have said no. It was her choice to do it. That's just business, you know. Um, All right. So you think you know it's her choice if she chooses to do it, then that's that's the business she chose. I think it all goes case by case, you know. Okay. Who 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 can handle what, you know? Well, it was actually in 2015. It was Roseanne Barr who actually called out him and some other. Uh, she said that some some of the biggest names in stand-up comedy were about to get busted for sexual misconduct. And she named Louie because of all the rumors she had heard about him. And then in 2017, five women actually came out with uh, misconduct accusations. And I mean, from what I read was he asked, you know, would it be okay if I jerk off in front of you? And they're thinking he's joking, he's not even serious, like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. Then he actually did it, and they're in shock. But these girls were laughing at it, they were laughing about it. They thought it was funny, and then later out they come out in a queue, you know, if you're laughing about it, how offended are you, you know? Well, I don't know, I wasn't there, I can't say for sure, but I've heard people say that they changed their tune as the years went on. With Right after the incident, they went down from the hotel, I think it was in Montreal, yeah. uh, festival was one of them, right. and they uh, they were laughing and joking about it. But the only thing to me that I thought it got hairy is when the rumors started getting out. Now, if he was really hindering their career yeah. uh, by being a powerful guy in the industry, then that is, that's pretty fucked up. However, well, he's I mean, using his possession, who wants, right. Yeah. Who wants that to get out, though? You know what I mean? It's... Uh, so, I mean, if, if, you know, but I mean, he never forced anybody to do anything. He gave them the choice and they chose to do it. So, you know, oh, you could say... I think what happened to him uh, was so... The but, punishment you know, did not... He shouldn't know. have used his power to give them a choice like that. They should have been booked on their talent, not whether or not they slept with him. That was where he made, you know, using his power to put him in that position where they had to choose, I guess. 
was bigger than what he actually did because they made the choice to go ahead and, you know, let him do it. But at the same time, there's a familiarity. These people are co-workers, you know what I mean? That's what outsiders don't understand is, you know, as comics, we're around each other a lot, Yeah. you know? Like, I see a lot of the same women throughout the week when I'm out doing my thing. Right. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, his scope was so much larger being him, you know what I mean? So, I don't well, know. I remember... Stuff, I think... Uh, I don't think the punishment fit the crime at all. At yeah, all. Sarah Silverman was a big friend of his, and they asked Sarah yep. Silverman about it, and she said, you know, sometimes I'd be like, yeah, that'd be kind of weird to watch. Go ahead and do it. I get a kick out of that. Then other times he'd yeah. ask, she'd be like, no, you're a fucking sick fuck. Get away from me. I don't want nothing to do with that. So she kind of yeah, said yeah. it was her mood at the time, whether she wanted to see it or not, you know. But I mean, if you yeah. if you're a guy and you know if you're a guy and a girl says, "Hey, I want to masturbate in front of you," what guy's gonna say no? That's a cool thing. But if a girl, you know, on the other hand, if a guy does it, then it's a sick thing, you know. But also, why do these people wait so long to really push forward with it? You know. Yeah, you know, that's in any rape case, I guess. You know, they come out years later, they feel ashamed, they you know don't know how people are gonna react or. Or, or is it they just wanted money? Maybe some of them just wanted, you know, they wanted money. Maybe some of it was real. It's like you said, we weren't there, so it's all hearsay. We can discuss it, but unless you were there, you know, you don't really know. And like I said, this is something that went on between coworkers, you know. Yeah, he never did a day in jail either. So I guess if he was never tried for it, I guess you know there wasn't enough there. You know, they felt they could convict him of something illegal anyway. You know. Yeah, I mean, he didn't block a door. He wasn't like, you can't get out to lock Oh, up. no, it was a choice. He gave him the choice. But, you know, he shouldn't have put him in the position to make the choice is the point everybody's making. But uh, let's see, in 2018, he returned to stand-up comedy because, I mean, you're, you're talking, who was it? FX dropped him, HBO dropped him, Netflix dropped him. I mean, they all cut. These are the biggest names all this money roll in. Everybody dropped him after that happened. And, uh, like I said, his movie. became a pariah. It's horrible. Yeah, I mean, his movie, uh, I Love You, Daddy, they stopped that from being released. They stopped all his concerts, so after 2017... But do you now, think as his, as his fame grew, he got more bold in what he did? You, you know what I mean? And then hit a point where, okay, I'm getting too big, this is going to blow up in my face. Yeah, I mean, once you reach the top, there's nowhere to go but down, that's what they say. But I mean, do you think he got accused of this stuff in 2017, then in 2018 he announced his return? Do you think that was too soon? Or do you think he should have took a longer time off in between the scandal? I'm sorry, can you say that again? He broke up a bit. As in 2017, he was accused of this stuff. I mean, he lost all his big sponsors and he stopped touring. Then in 2018, he announced his return a year later. Do you think Do you think that was too soon a year later? Should he have waited longer? Or do you think that was appropriate time? I can time? only imagine how horrific it was for him to not be able to do it for a year. Imagine a year without, that's a long time. Yeah, without what that's you like, love to that, do, that yeah. That's measured in dog years, you know? Yeah. And if you listen to the recording to the people in the room, they're going nuts for him, you know? They, oh, yeah, no he's still, he can still fill an audience. 2019, um, he announced an international tour, and uh, there were a few comics who were like no-name comics who said it was too soon, he shouldn't have came back that soon. But, I mean, some of the people who did support him coming back were Sarah Silverman, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Jerry Seinfeld. They all supported his return. So, I mean, all the biggest names in comedy are still supporting this guy even after the scandal. Well, my thought is he has to tour. He has to put another hour together. And within that hour, he will address it. I have faith in the You guy. think he'll That's talk about he it? Yeah. 
That's dangerous, though, because if he says the wrong thing, he could be brought up on lawsuits, you know? So even though he may want well, to talk about it, he may not be able to, you know? I don't think there's any way around it. It's one thing to show up and do a, uh, a club spot unannounced. It's right. another thing when eventually he tries to drop another special. Well, he's done that. He actually he went up to a Giggles Comedy Club in uh, Boston there, and Lenny Clark and Mike Clark, who runs it, they, they let him do a set. They said, hey... He's got a you know a weird fetish and that's his business you know that was Irpin they let him do a set so but he never talked about it in his set he just did regular stand up you know yeah and there were people that came down on Christine Hurley I think because she was there that night and went on before him or after him and didn't address it like like oh, oh yeah, she caught some heat for it oh I see it shut up shut up because her being a woman you she should have said something yeah I mean how long do you drag stuff on for at some point you know I don't know. We're all sinners, right? We've all sinned. I mean, you know, forgiveness is a thing you got to go for. All right, Louis C.K. put down his influences as Richard Pryor, George Carlin, and Steve Martin. Who were who were some of your influences in comedy? Uh, um, honestly, it was more like uh, kids I grew up around, like. Okay, the, sure. You joking around with your friends? Yeah, you like so a lot of stuff. Like, there's a couple of older, like South Country kids that were dead now, but they were absolutely hilarious. And uh, I really looked up to him. And when I'm at my best doing a set, like I can feel that. Yeah, it's like through. you're joking around with your friends up there, right? It's not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, Even Eddie yeah, Murphy, you mentioned his special. Me and my friends is like we everything. We throw quotes every situation. We use a quote from that film. I mean, that's what you did, you know? Right, right. You know, uh, my best compliment I get is. Uh, People say, wow, did you know what you were going to say up there? And you're the same guy up there that you are up front. Right, right, right. You know, and that, that was the trick. You learned to be natural, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I see new new people that are doing it, and I'm like, are you trying to make your sneakers laugh? Or the people, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had one kid, he was looking at the floor, telling jokes to the floor. I'm like, the floor is not going to respond. you got to look at the audience, man. <laughs> okay, you yeah. know? It's but, hard, it's hard. You well, know, you, ma you way, mentioned learning, being, you know, you mentioned about learning the lenses and learning the light. Well, he actually worked at a local uh, access TV, and that's what gave him the training. And from the training he got from that, he started to make short films. Um, yeah, he's just a nerd, you know, that's what it takes. Yeah, at that's 17 years old, he directed the short film Trash Day. Uh, and actually, a New York University showed interest in Trash Day. And they wanted him to be a filmmaker, and instead he chose to pursue stand-up comedy. So, I mean, well, his films were already getting interest at 17. Thing. What's that? I think that's the noble thing. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, when I'm dead and gone, I'd like to be remembered as a, a stand-up. Comic first, yeah. someone who produced content, too. Right, you know? right, right. So, let's see. 1985, like, yeah. he uh, did an open mic in Boston. Uh, they gave him five minutes, but he only had two minutes of material, and he bombed. And he didn't try it again for two years after that. I mean, did wow. did, you, did did you bomb when you first started going, or did you get at it right off? Oh, I ate a bag of. See, people they don't realize you got to get over that. Yeah, everybody, you I can be it. funny, but you got to learn the art. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing: when I went up the first time and I bombed, it didn't bother me. I was relieved. Because then I got off and I said, now I know what I'm up against. And yeah, right. Now you know what you're going to learn. That first one doesn't count. Right. You know? Or I see people that think they get lucky and have a great set their first time. Yeah. And then they can't repeat it. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Every night's different. It was the same night every night. It'd get boring. Every crowd's different, you know? They Absolutely. may laugh one night and not the next. You don't know. That's half the fun. You know what it is? You could crush on a Thursday and on a Friday do identical set and right. eat it. You know? All right. So he started seeing some success when he started back two years later. Uh, he started performing with acts like Lenny Clark and Dennis Leary. Uh, later, he went on to open for Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, 1993 did another short film called Ice Cream. Um, in 1993, he unsuccessfully tried out for Saturday Night Live, so I guess that's one of uh, one of the black eyes in his storied comedy career. Saturday Night Live wouldn't put him on; they didn't think he was funny. I'm sure they wouldn't take me either. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'd take him now. He's a big star. Back then, he was they didn't think he was good enough. Uh, he was a writer for the Dana Carvey Show. And uh, after the stand-up, from 98 to 2004, he really started focusing on filmmaking. That was his big thing. Um, was he still doing stand-up all the while? Yeah, he was still doing his shows, but his main focus was the film. Uh, he took advice from George Carlin to write new jokes every year. I mean, do, do you come up, how often do you come up with new material, or do you stick with your set list for how long do you think? Um, if I'm, I try to do as many mics as I can in a week. Yeah. Um, I have a really loose schedule. I'm a stay-at-home dad, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then at night, I hit mics or I go do my book thoughts or I podcast or whatever I do. And I just try to do something every night. But I always say, uh, if you're in an open mic, you should throw something new in the mix. You know? Always throw something new, right. I record all my sets and I'm always uh, finding little things that will come off the top of my head just riffing. But then that will end up in the set later on. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to create as you go i don't put too much pen to paper it's more like uh i'll just list what the bits are and that's a I'm good idea recording yourself yeah if i'm doing say you know even five minutes you know it'll just it'll be a list of three things it'll just say this this, this you know what I mean? yeah. and that's another thing is when i first started uh to this day i one of my peers is seeing people go up there with notes uh, I think it just cracks the veneer and it, it makes it look the difference between show business and no business, you know? Uh, if you can't remember it, that's your problem and you have to learn to remember your shit, you know? That's, well, that's I noticed recording myself, they only give you five minutes and I was trying to talk fast to fit as much in the five minutes as I could and I learned I had to slow down and tell less jokes and make them funny. I was talking way too fast but didn't realize it, you know? I had to record yeah. myself to realize I was doing that. Uh, let's see, yeah. in 2008 he got divorced, and he said that that gave him a whole new treasure trove of new, new material, so, I mean, yeah. divorce is tough, you gotta laugh at it, I mean, why do you think so many comics look to, you know, the pain in their life to find laughter? Um, I always believe no struggle, no funny, you know, right. um, that's what I see, you know, I'll see some clever new open mic or some little nerdy kid who never missed a meal. Yeah. Like that, technically it's funny, but, you know, uh, you know, uh, I can't really, I don't know. Yeah, I know, it's like the comedy studio mentioned. That's more of a thinking man, college preppy type of thing than you got the other, you know, a road comic is more of a blue collar, you know, street kind of funny. And, you know, you're one or the other, you can't be both. Yeah, I mean, I'm known as like a saloon comic uh, in Boston, you know. Right. Like, I'm the kind of guy that will send up first if the hockey game just ended break brewing, you know, and, uh, you know, proud of that skill, uh, not everybody can do that, you know, I, sure. uh, I'm kind of like a bit of a carnival bonder in a way, everybody's you know? different, yeah, uh, 
know. And just I'm high energy, low energy. I mean, it's all yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty high energy. Uh, I'm all over the place. So lately, I've kind of just been staying stationary with the bike. And what I'm learning is it shows me where my punchlines are, and it cuts the fat off. Sure. And and from there, I start moving a little bit more. But when I take the mic out and move all over, I'm covering too much space. I'm putting too many beats in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, well, like that's... I always say, film everything, I think. It's not just hearing it, it's looking at it. Just to look at it, see what's going on. All right, let's absolutely. get to the fans here and see what the fans had to say about Louis King. You want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Ken Buzzle wrote in. He saw him at Foxwoods and he killed all night. Have you ever seen him live? I have not. I, oh, wait. I did. I saw him. He came, showed up at the Burren one night. Really? This was, it was uh, pre-scandal. So it was like a small venue you seen him in then, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's he always cool when you see him in the right there. intimate I was places. Like, I'm not going to bother him. I'm just going to watch him do his set, you all know? Right. All right. Uh, Rich Man writes in, suck a, big, suck a bag of dicks. What do you remember about that? Yeah, go to hell. Go to hell. You know? <laughs> uh, grow up. Just fucking grow up. Well, no, that you was know? one of his bits, wasn't it? Suck a bag of dicks. Oh, like... oh, 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 I thought he was saying that. Was, no, no, uh, Rich Man, that was one of Louis's... That was yeah, one of Louis's yeah. things. That's like the concept of having a bag of dicks was just funny. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. When you asked me how my first set went, that's what I said. A All hockey right. bag full of dicks. All right. Joslyn yeah. Napoli writes in, uh, the different names he would name his children, like ladies and gentlemen. He said, uh, yeah, here's my son, ladies and gentlemen, naming his kid that. <laughs> I don't remember what special that was on, but uh, let's see. Uh, Billy Bingo Dennis wrote in uh, the night that he uh, bumped me at the comic strip and went on to explain that he wanted to kill deer by fucking him in the ass and giving him AIDS. And if any other comic did that material, you know, that would have been their last night on the stage. So, I mean, he's got different rules because he made anybody else to talk about that on stage, they wouldn't get booked again, but he does it and nobody says nothing, you know? Well, I I think that, like, he built a bridge to people, you know? Sure. Uh, you or me couldn't go up in front of, like, a full room. Yeah, we don't have the name that he does, right? You know? Maybe yeah. you can get, get away with it in front of comics. Right. You know? Like, I've had instances where I'll run a bit that I think is a little too edgy, and the comics are like, no, no, it's great, do it, do it. Yeah, and then yeah. laugh, but then you do it at like a Chinese restaurant on the South Shore. You're walking old people. You, you gotta know? pick and choose your audience, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, oh, bars are different will, than pro shows for sure. Will, a comic yeah, will walk you to the edge, push you over every time. Yeah. You know, I've done it. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, try it, try it. Just because I want to see them. They'll dare you, they'll dare you, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, Sean Hennessy writes in Skankfest 2019. Do you know what that is? Absolutely. What is Skankfest 2019? Uh, it's a comedy festival festival put on by the uh, Legion of Skanks podcast. That's Big J Okerson, uh, uh What's his name? Fucking uh, Jesus, the Puerto Rican rattlesnake. So was, was Louis involved in it, or how does it relate to Louis? Uh, he showed up. Oh, okay, so he showed that. up too. Oh, okay, all right. So they remember him from there. Uh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Nick Ortolini writes in when he honked one out in front of me and then destroyed my career. So he's making a joke uh, at the masturbation reference there, I guess. Uh, well, I know that guy. <laughs> okay. You, that's, I know Nick Ortolani. Uh, if Whole Foods was a movie, he'd be an extra. Uh-huh. You know? um, one of those. So, I mean, that, that makes sense coming from him. 
Yeah. All right. Lisa Carey Hignan writes in, uh, he, was a, he was phenomenal in American Hustle. A shame being such an a-hole eclipses his talent. Now, he, he lost a lot of fans, which, I mean, he's still got well, plenty you gotta, left. But you got to take it on the chin, you know? Yeah. I mean, he did I it. He apologized. Uh, let's see. What's going on in the background there? What's, what do you got going on over there? I'm sorry, I'm on the train. <laughs> You're on the train, all right. Cash Smiley writes in he's a loser. <coughs> so. Well, he put a lot of thought in that one. Well, I guess that's a female point. You know, if a guy sleeps with three girls in one night, he's a stud, and if a girl does it, she's a slut. So, I mean, that's. I think the girls are going to take the opinion he's a loser, while guys can probably understand it a little better, right? Of course. Right, I mean. You just have to take it on the chin. You're going to get those comments. You're going to get those people that feel like that, you know? Right. And also, we're, we, you and we're men. We can never understand what it is to, you know, be on the other end of that. Yeah, yeah, as, I mean, it's as a, a... As a woman, we can never wrap our heads around Yeah, we never know? understand what they went through, no. Um, yeah, I think of it, too, like, you know, they're smaller creatures, you know, that's too so, Kristen Key writes in, the time five brave comedians came forward and exposed them for sexual harassment, that was awesome. So, basically, you got the women here are taking the side that he's a pig, and the men are taking the side that, you know, we understand he gave him the choice, and, you know, he shouldn't be, for the rest of his life, you know. Oh, I think it's so unjust, but here's the thing, if all he did was just try to have just normal sex with them, would he be in this position? It's just because there's a weird kink to it that... Well, look at Bill Cosby. I mean, a lot of those, I mean... Absolutely, yeah. He was knocking them out. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, his story was they knew they were taking the drugs. They were taking drugs with them. They knew what was going on, but that don't give them the right to rape them, obviously. But, I mean... Oh, absolutely If not. you put yourself absolutely. into a bad situation and bad things happen, you, you know, you got to take some responsibility, too, so... Yeah, All right, yeah. your buddy Kenny Capozzi writes in, uh, he made the shit out of my coffee. Is that a routine of his or something? Or? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But he must have done a joke about funny. coffee or something. Uh, Drew Gormley writes in, uh, small-shouldered women getting in a man's car on a date. Where are we going? The man's staring to your death statistically. So statistically, you jump in a guy's car, it's not a good thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, unless he's an Uber driver. Unless he's an Uber, then you got her on it. All right, we end off every show with some trivia. I'm going to hit you with three trivia questions about Louis C.K. Nobody ever does good at trivia, but it's informative. You ready? Okay. All right, trivia one. His parents, his parents met at Harvard in Boston. Uh, he spent his adult life living in Boston, but where did he spend his childhood growing up? Mexico. Mexico it was. You're one for one. Boom. All right. He graduated in Newton, Massachusetts High School with what other celebrity? Uh, so he went to high school in Newton, Massachusetts. He graduated, and there was another celebrity in his graduating class. Who was it? I know Rogan lives there for a time, but I don't think they're that close in age. No. Uh, who was it? I want to know. It was actually Matthew LeBlanc from Friends. I had no idea he grew up in Newton, uh, Mass. until I read that. But. Okay. I guess wow. they were in the same graduating class in Newton. All right, you're one for two. The the tiebreaker number three. Uh, what celebrity game show did he appear on? Oh, Jesus. Now, there's only a few Hollywood game Squares. shows on TV. Hollywood Squares is the only one I can think of. No, it was Jeopardy he was on. He actually was on Jeopardy, and he donated his winnings to charity, so that was cool. 
Yeah, I mean, that's an assessment that the guy's really bright. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never did good on that. That's for, like, college people, Jeopardy. I never did good on that. All right. Tommy, I want to thank you for being on Funny Like a Clown podcast. Before we go, I'll give you the stage. Uh, you being a fan of Louis C.K., what would you want other fans to know about him? Say that again, One more time. You you being a fan of Louis C.K., what would you want other fans to know about him? Uh, he's a dad. He's apparently a really good one. He raises children well. At the end of the day, you know... No one was raped. I think it's sad what happened to the guy in his career. However, I understand 100% uh, the sentiment on the other side of the fence. And uh, I can't argue that at all. I can't defend because I don't know what it is to, you know, be victimized like that. Oh, you don't know what it's like I, to be a woman. You said it, right? I don't. I don't. And uh, I hope the guy all the best, you know. And he'll come back slowly. And like I said, my hope is he does a special and he addresses it. And that's it. And right, then, right. They say if you deny it, that's worse. If you look for forgiveness, people will forgive. Yeah, yeah. Time heals all, you know. That's what they say. Uh, Nick, I just, I just want to uh, plug uh, the new podcast. It's uh, The Bostonian and the Beast. Yep. You can find it on uh, DNN, Dirt Net News. That's the YouTube channel. It's me and myself, Mitty and Picado. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Having a whole bunch of different comics. It also incorporating sketch in... Uh, video production into the podcast along with clips of stand-up from our guests. So I'm out and about filming people and uh, just trying to bring a different element to a podcast that's a little more uh, different. Just something different. Something, something different. Fun, so. yeah, different cells. Well, good luck with that. All right. I want to thank you for being on Funny Like Clown podcast and uh, we'll see you on the comedy scene soon. All right, Dennis. Be good. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. All right, Tommy O.D. talking about Louis C.K., uh, certainly a talented but controversial career. I mean, you know, the man didn't go to jail. There were no charges because, you know, he, he wasn't doing anything illegal. He was giving them the choice. They made the choice to do it. You know, I mean, should he have put him in? Should he use his celebrity status to make him make that choice? You know, they should have never been put in that position to make the choice. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I mean, if... If, if a girl goes in, you know, she wants to be in a movie, and the guy says, you got to sleep with me to do it, and she chooses to sleep with him, that's her choice, okay? Now, he should have never made her make that choice. She should have been booked on her talent, not on whether she'd sleep with him, but if she makes the choice to do it, there's nothing illegal. So, well, he's not illegal. I guess you could say he did some creepy stuff, but, you know, uh, hey, the Bible says we're all sinners, and does he stand up, take responsibility, and, you know, look for forgiveness, or does he try to play innocent and, you know, think he did nothing wrong but if he's already come out and he admitted that you know he did do something wrong he used his celebrity status so i guess is it in you to forgive him or is it not in you to forgive him and you know you think he's a creep that's a personal choice you get to make and everybody's different so i guess some people stick by him and some people won't all right this is funny like Calm podcast uh hey there's some ups and downs in comedy keep laughing until next time uh laughter is still the best medicine so smile we'll see you next week bye